The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome today, everyone, to Intuitive Connection. Today, once again, we have another guest who has signed up for an intuitive reading, and she has come to us with the question today about next steps in her life. She's pondering retirement. She has actually come with a list of questions, so we'll see which ones we get to. Um, But definitely the guides have pointed that the retirement question is maybe a great place to start. But before we even do any of that, I wanted to welcome our guest, Cindy. Cindy, hello. Hello. Are you ready? I am. Go for it. Perfect. And as I told you before we started the recording, I always want to remind people that when you're getting an intuitive reading or when you're listening to one as a podcast listener, remember to always take in the information that resonates with you. And, you know, the information that comes through is going to be specific to each person because that's really how it works. And the way that the guidance speaks through me is always what the person needs to hear in the moment of time that it passes through my lips. But that said, I also recognize that oftentimes we learn through other people's stories and we learn from, you know, listening to wisdom that comes through for others. So please, as you listen to this episode today, you know, feel free to uh, take what stands out to you and use it as your own if that's how it rolls. So Cindy, we talked a little bit before we started the recording about what you'd like to focus on. And you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned your career and the possibility of retirement and what to do next. And Mm -hmm. you also had some questions about past lives and the house that you live in. So we'll see how many of those we can address. But the first thing I'm going to just kind of tune into your energy and the guides are asking me to ask you if you could give me a sort of focused question or give them a sort of focused question on with respect to your career. Well, I'm thinking of retiring. I'd like to retire. On the other hand, I kind of would like to continue doing what I'm doing, but there's also so many different directions I could go and I'm trying to decide if I should take them. It's so funny because as you speak, I get this image, right, of like a bunch of strings tying themselves in a knot and they're all kind of going on top of each other and in different directions. And I think because of that, because you have so many different ideas, so many different thoughts, and they're all kind of, the word that comes through is recursive. So they're just like kind of all over each other. It's a little bit hard for you to find that one thread or series of threads that you would like to follow to get out of the the current not position that you're in. Ah, And one thing that the guides are trying to say, and I'm going to pause a minute so I get it real clear, is that sometimes when we're making a decision, we have these either ors. And when we let go of the either or, you know, then we figure out what we really want. So let me say that a little bit more concretely. If you can tune into what it is that your spirit craves without trying to figure out how you're going to make that happen, you're going to get there a lot more quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an analogy. I've been thinking for a while about making a move and 
I'm making a move across the country. And when I do that move, I've been looking at a lot of houses and there's sort of a choice, right? Between having a little more space and being away from the water and having a little less space and being close to the water. And because my brain has set up that dynamic, I know that I have to be really, really careful about sort of surrendering to the house that speaks to me and the location that it speaks to me while also being aware of what speaks to me about each of those options. Does that make sense? Yes. Because as long as I believe that it's a choice and it's an either or, then I'm locked into that, you know, that situation. And that's what I feel it's a little bit with you and your career choice and your, if I'm going to retire or not, I think there are options that might be a little different, a little bit in between, a little bit similar to what you're doing now, but because you have made it, the word keeps coming up as recursive and I'm not really sure why that word's coming up. I don't know if it's meaningful to you. No. Yeah. Well, we'll have to look into that. Normally, if this was a regular reading, I would Google it, but I do not have my Google equipment here. But either way, the fact that you feel like it's a binary choice and it can't be both is limiting you a little bit. And I'm going to stop to see how this lands. And then I can also continue because the guides are definitely, they have more information. Oh, yeah. No, I want to hear what they say. Okay, perfect. I just want to see, you know, if sometimes this is bringing up something in you. Okay. So what they're saying is to look at the choice of retire or not retire. And what, what is it about retiring, so to speak, that resonates with you or speaks with you or calls to you? Oh, I'd like to get away from worrying about everyone's problems. Aha. So in your work now, you believe that the job is to worry about everyone's problems all the time. Well, it's taking on a lot of people's trauma. Yeah. Got it. And if you could do the same job and, and, and the guys aren't necessarily saying that you can, but if you could do the same or similar job without that aspect, would you continue? Oh yeah. No, I, I like what I do and I think I'm good at it. And the, but you know, the question is, is it, am I still even being helpful? Maybe they could tell you that. Yeah, you're just tired. And I do think that you have a belief system around this idea that my job is to take on everybody else's trauma and everybody else's stuff. And I think that that's a really wonderful and beautiful thing in that it shows that you really care about the people that you work with and that you really have a strong sense and a strong call to be of service. However, I think the limitation is at a certain point in one's spiritual journey, we learn that we can care and love and be of guidance to others without taking on their stuff. And it feels to me in the profession that you're in and also the mindset that you went into it, because it looks like you've been, I can guess, but it looks like you've been doing this straight up since you were probably a 20 something along these lines, right? So you're very you know, and now I'm guessing if you're ready to retire, you're not a 20 something. And so a lot of change and growth has happened for you over the years. And I think in a certain sense, you've outgrown the way you approach this job. And yet you're still doing the same thing that you did, you know, 30 years ago. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so a perspective change could happen where you could start to look at the same job a different way and keep doing it. But my read is, and again, it's always your job to discern that Part of it is a system that's broken. So even if you changed your perspective, you'd still have to deal with a lot of people that didn't change their perspective. And also, you know, I'm not sure you know how to navigate this particular world that you're in if you changed your perspective, because your perspective is sort of in response to people that have a 
a different perspective. That's, exactly <laughs> that, right. that's also yeah. not helpful. Does that make yeah. sense? That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Right. And so while there's a way out of every mental conundrum and while we can always grow and shift and change, my read is that you are ready to take the best of this job and move on. But Mm -hmm. I think that you will always want in some way, shape or form to be of service and to be able to use the wisdom that you have gleaned from the work that you've done to help others, whether that's as an advocate, whether that if that's as a college professor, whether if that's a speaker or writing books or as a consultant, something along those lines, I think will help you make the transition because I really do see that you have a great call to serve, that you love what you do. And that you have a lot of wisdom to share and that if you walked away tomorrow without imparting and sharing that wisdom with others, there would, you would feel like you had lost something. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 So I would look at that. That will help you make that transition. I think also, as you start to reflect on the things that you have learned, you will realize that you have shifted and changed in ways that you haven't even realized over the years that you've been practicing and that you do have, and this is the words that come through, a more mature way of looking at things that would be helpful to the 20-somethings that are just starting off on this professional career path. Okay? Yeah. So it's one of those, if I had known then what I know now kind of things that would Mm -hmm. be helpful for them, but also helpful for you because I don't think you always realize just how far you've come and how much you've learned. And not just in terms of like practical, how to work the system kind of stuff, but also just your your perspective on what's going on and that sort of bigger picture of what it means to be of service and where the limits of service lie, because that's a big one, right? When sometimes when we feel like we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders through our work, and I think that's something that you've expressed a little bit, there's always something a little bit false about that. And there's always a little part of us that wants to grow through and past that because we should know on the deepest level And this, you know, I talk about this a lot when I talk to empaths and, you know, you can read about this or hear about this in the empath episode for sure. That call to serve is really about us showing up and, and listening to our higher calling and listening to the higher calling of those who we serve, but it's never about stepping on their feet, stepping on their path or trying to do the work for them. And Cindy, I think from the time you started this job until wherever you are now, you recognize more and more that, you know, you do what you do, but you don't walk on those other people's path. Does that make sense? Yes. And you're not responsible for their actions or the choices that they made up until the moment you met them or the choices that they'll make moving forward. And this is one that you're still, you're still growing with and you're still recognizing. And I think when you really get a little bit of deeper perspective on that, you'll be able to let that go all the way. And then you'll have learned what you needed to learn from this little adventure called your career. Okay. Okay. Now you've asked me of past lifetimes. And I'm going to share one and I hope this isn't going to be uh, too personal, but if it is, we can always cut it out, but I think it's going to be just fine. Uh I see, (laughs) I see a past lifetime as a little boy and a little boy that was probably orphaned or not very wealthy, kind of an Oliver twisty kind of, kind of deal, but not in England. 
in an, in a country where they definitely don't speak English. But that same kind of thing, and this little orphan in the process of trying to take care of himself, and there was a younger sibling, I think it was a sister, did something that was against the law in his uh, place of residence, in his country of residence. And again, it might be Romania. It feels like somewhere of that kind of energy, definitely not an English-speaking country. It was a long time ago, and this little boy was freaking adorable and probably not more than like eight years old, but I think even younger. I feel like six or seven. So really at an age now, right, that we would look back and say like, that is someone who definitely should not be, you know, held and tried in a court of law, but this was obviously a different culture. And the person with whom you transgressed against, and again, you are a child, and I'm not even sure you recognize something was transgression. You might have like seen a chicken and had a hungry family and just thought, oh, chicken, I'll take that home. But the chicken unfortunately belonged to someone else. And it led to a very difficult lifetime where you were brandished sort of like as a criminal at six. Yes, it's true. And it really impacted the rest of the course of your life and how things played out from, from there. And it was a very interesting sort of feudal sort of court system where it was sort of an accident ready to happen. But I think, you know, I think without me, me giving too much biographical information, does that resonate with you? Well, it's, it's a perfect story. Yeah, I could yeah. see how that could be. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to kind of tune in. Yeah, he was very cute. And so it's it's a really hard thing to be lost, right, in a world that doesn't always understand. You know, in this case, it was a legal system, but it could be lots of different things. And it can be very, very hard to be lost in that world, right, that doesn't understand us, that doesn't support us in a system sometimes that's unfair, that's not kind, that's not aligned with our, you know, highest and greatest good. And, and many human beings find themselves in that kind of situation up until now. And what's coming through around this past lifetime is that, well, here's what the guys want me to do. They want me to ask you, what would you say to that child now, knowing everything that you know? Well, there's an essay question. <laughs> well, what I would say to this little, I mean, honestly, is people are far more than the worst thing they ever did. Right. You know, that's the whole point. I love that. Yeah. But I think the bigger thing for you to recognize and to recognize with everybody is that it's such a beautiful metaphor for the idea that, you know, we all embark in life with incomplete information and that we all are in some ways, little six-year-olds, like trying to feel our way around to what's right and wrong, what's good, what's evil in a world that doesn't always make that apparently clear. Yeah. And that many of us early in our lives, right, are given all information about we're right or wrong, good or bad. In this particular world, right, it wasn't as kind and warm and cushy, at least for this young man, as it is for many six-year-olds now, where, you know, we certainly don't hold them responsible for wanting a chicken when they're hungry, when they're six, and they don't really haven't, you know, learned how the world works yet. But, you know, but you're telling me that you have seen people that have been in a similar situation. Oh, I have really... lots of young kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of the job is that, you know, everybody deserves a voice. Yeah. Ah, I love that. And so I think that, you know, the message for you moving forward is, first of all, to tell this child that they're okay that they understood that they did what they needed to do and that, you know, everything works in perfect synchronicity. So we have these experiences on 
earth, which are sometimes deeply confusing. And this child at six years old learned that they were bad, learned that they were wrong, became very bitter because they recognized later on, much later on, probably around 14, 12 or 14 years old, that the system had been gamed against them. And they had a level of awareness that was truly fantastic in a way because they were able to look back and he was able to look back and realize that everything was unfair. But unfortunately, in that lifetime, he succumbed or succumbed, whatever the, the correct past tense of that verb is, to bitterness. And because he did, there was a, a, a kind of a rough road. But on the plus side, what I saw in that lifetime, this is really beautiful, is I see that that soul, although he did personally give in to bitterness and really kind of feel like the, the life was gamed against him and become very dark and cynical, mm -hmm. he also in that lifetime helped a lot of other young men in a similar situation that did not have an older person to help them through it. And so he was really invaluable at providing guidance and support for other kids. So they didn't have that same situation and conditioning that he did, which is really, really beautiful and wonderful. So that was a gain in that lifetime. But wow. I think a lot, yeah. So I'll let you take that in because it was really beautiful. It wasn't <laughs> a lifetime that, that a he lived super long. I would think by like 24, 25, 27 at the most, that lifetime was over for him just because of hard work and, and limited choices. Yeah. But again, there was a period of time at 14 when he really understood for himself that he wasn't wrong or bad, but that society would always see him that way. Mm -hmm. And although there was a great bitterness at society for the way that he was perceived, there was also a great awareness of, of helping others not make that same, you know, miss, <laughs> miscalculation and, and internalize what was wrong with the world onto them. And so he did help a lot of young boys and he might've helped a lot of young boys by stealing for them, but don't worry about that because <laughs> there was a certain fairness there too. Right. So I'm going to let you take that in for a minute. Okay. And then I'm going to go how it, it, it comes back to your question of retirement and, and what it means to be of service in the work that you do. Ah, and so you said a little bit about how you see part of your job now as being the voice for people that don't have one. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But I would also moving forward, really see if you might be able to reframe that if this resonates with you about helping people find their voice. Well, I'd rather they speak for themselves if they can. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so when we see that outside world is the problem, and, and again, the outside world doesn't help because the outside world is often where we develop all these false ideas of ourselves. But the outside world also is a great mirror for what we need to learn and how we need to grow and what the world wants us to discover within ourselves. Okay. And sometimes mm -hmm. the outside world doesn't seem like it's being very cooperative, <laughs> but there's always a plan. And the more we can start to find our voice and find our way and find our own inherent goodness, even when the world does not mirror that back for us, the more we are walking the talk of, of what our spirits are here to do. And so it's a subtle distinction, right, between finding, being someone's voice and helping them find it. And the guides say that what your personality did in this past lifetime really by letting these young men, other young men know that the system was gamed against them, that they were quote unquote, good boys and helping them find the way in which they were still good boys is it gave them each a chance in that lifetime, not to go the route that, that your personality had gone. And it gave them just a little bit of breath of knowing and understanding that 
sometimes the people on the outside world were just not seeing them clearly because they had no reason to. And that also it gave them that sense. And I see your energy really vibing with this, this idea that, you know, their light could be intact even when the world was very dark. Does that make sense? Oh, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. And I think in this particular lifetime in the work that you do at times you've made the you're super good at working the system so that you definitely learned from the past life. You are amazingly adept at working the system and in the favor of the people whom you support, which is a beautiful thing. But also I think it's really important that in, as you wind up the work that you do and think about how you're going to work moving forward and think about how you're going to quote unquote, give a voice to those that don't have one, recognizing that all you can really do in giving someone a voice is to let them know that they've got vocal cords and that it's there. And of course at times, right, just like what I do as a, you know, a, a channel and a, and a intuitive or whatever is that, you know, I receive guidance for people and I receive, you know, your spiritual wisdom so that you can hear it because sometimes we need someone to tap us on the shoulder and hear that for us right? In order for us to awaken it in ourselves. But I never want to be in the position of telling someone what they think, feel, or should do, because in those times I'm taking you out of your power and I'm taking you away from your voice. And it's a very fine line, but I will tell you when you feel like all the weight is on you, it means that you've overstepped your bounds. Good point. Right? Yeah. And sometimes it can be really hard. And again, from this lifetime as well, I can see that it was really hard because, you know, this young man was so bitter and he felt so unprotected and so unheard and so unhelped. And so when that gets triggered in you, you want to fix it and you want to do everything that that past life version of you didn't get for everybody else that's ever crossed your path, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we won't go there, but there's probably some little reminders in this life too that have set that one up for you because that's usually how it works. But what's important to recognize is, and I want to get this right from the guide, so hang on, is that that personality in that past lifetime, just like the one sitting across from me on, you know, on the other side of this Zoom call, has everything and had everything within him to navigate the life that was given and chosen for him. And I know you've heard me talk about reincarnation before, so you know that it's my understanding that we know what we're signing up for before we hop into a body. And we know, likely, these touchstone moments, what's going to happen. So your spirit in that past lifetime, as well as in this one, knew the challenges that you were up against. And as we um, transition this energy from this past life, because I'm going to do this for you because it really wants it. And you can uh, chime in if you feel like you'd like to. I want to let this past life version of you know, because he was so wonderful, all the beautiful things that he did, what a great job he did. And also, Cindy, to let him and you know that, you know, the beautiful thing about life or lives and reincarnation is that we get multiple stabs at learning the same lesson. And sometimes we learn best by seeing the same situation through multiple eyeballs. Okay. And multiple human perspectives. And whatever I said, as I did that, I released both of you from this. Tell me how you're doing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I like that, but it's okay. so like the same thing over again. Tell me about that. How is it the same thing over again? Well, it just seems like, well, just so close to what's going on now. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes, yeah. 
And, you know, again, it is and it isn't because you're definitely in a different position now, right? Because I know that you work with young children that are going through those same kinds of situations, correct? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it is. It's kind of an upper <laughs> right. change in the story, but it's the same story. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes our spirits will do that, right? Because like I said before, we want to experience life and those challenges from different perspectives, from different eyeballs, because by looking at the same thing from a lot of different perspectives, that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And, you know, sometimes we can do that in, in one body, right? Because we, we have lived long enough to start to be able to see other people's perspectives and take that broader view. But sometimes it's also helpful to understand that same situation from a lot of different angles, because that's when we can really transcend. And so for you, I think what's really important is to recognize, first of all, that that past life version of you and all the wonderful children that you serve in the work that you do are all signing up for the life that they have. And though the system and the world is sometimes broken, your guide, your, your role is not necessarily to fix everything for them. You know, sometimes it is. Sometimes, you know, we get to be the one to work magic that transforms someone else's life. And when we have that, that ability, that's really wonderful. And sometimes that's karmic as well. But it's not your job to carry all that responsibility on your shoulders because we each have responsibility for our very own lives. And every person that you serve, just like every person that I serve has free will, and even if they don't have the awareness yet to make the right choices, or, you know, as you say, to use the voice that they have, it doesn't mean that it's your job to take over and start speaking for them. And again, it may at times be your, your job to speak for them, you know, to a limited degree, but it's not your responsibility to take on what they're not ready to do yet. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. No, I try super hard not to have it be what I want it to be, but to be what they're trying to do. But it's so hard with the kids that just don't have anything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so a little bit more is coming out on that. So I'm going to kind of come through on that too. You know, moving forward in the career or whatever you shift to do next, mm -hmm. it's about you continue with that beautiful call that you have to service because it's so huge. And again, it developed in that lifetime and probably a bunch of other ones too, because, you know, they're just giving us the, the one that's most relevant, but it's also, we're at a time now when we can really start to grow and change and transform around how we understand what it means to serve. And I think for you, rather than focusing on the broken system, which is natural and normal, and it is very much broken in a lot it's of so ways, broken, and yeah. there's a lot of unfairness in the world. And again, you know, that past life personality really felt that unfairness in a way it was restorative for him because he recognized it was the world that was broken and not him. And mm -hmm. that was a huge breakthrough. However, as we develop and grow spiritually, we start to recognize back that, you know, the world is just giving us the experiences that we need. It's just showing us what inside of us is still waiting to grow and change and develop. And, and it's so the outside world is just really the stage that we set for, you know, this drama of life that we are that is unfolding in front of us. And that we are whole and complete and beautiful and wonderful, but also completely in the highest sense in control of everything that's going on. And that everything in that outside world, even when it feels broken and we don't have to contribute purposefully to the brokenness, 
But when we go up a level above ego, we can see that even the stuff that doesn't look like it's working is serving us or whoever's involved in it on some level. And that idea of not my circus, not my monkeys kind of story is that, you know, karma is, it's not a punishment, but it's the idea that we draw into life that which serves our highest and greatest good, even when it doesn't feel that way. And that all we have to do is really stay in our own lane and acknowledge what's happening to us and for us. And that the more we get locked into this idea that the system is broken, that the world is unfair, the more we co-create that reality for ourselves and for others. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And so just, you know, start to think on that. It's not cold and uncaring to recognize that we each invite into our lives that which we need for our own highest growth and development. And though I don't believe that suffering is a necessary factor of growth and development in life, it is the way that most souls up until now have chosen to do their their biggest growth. Okay? That's just how earth life has been. It doesn't have to be. And it doesn't have to be that way for you, but it has been for many of us and for many on earth, it will continue to be for at least a little while longer. And so those of us who feel that call to serve, really the most amazing thing that we can do, and I really feel you're on the cusp of being able to do this, is to understand someone's perspective, to honor what they're going through, to honor their pain points and whatever they feel and their perspective is at this moment without getting lost in that. Because if you can hold that higher truth while still working through the system or doing whatever Mm -hmm. else you do, but not getting caught up in the unfairness and the pain stories, if that makes sense, then you will be helping people on an even far greater level than you can ever know. Wow. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. It's hard to imagine though. Okay. Does that make sense? Does that land at all? No, I think it does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And it feels like As we said before, with the work that you've done up until now, the other thing that's holding you back from transitioning, interestingly enough, is you've become so good at what you do that I think you have a fear that if you walk away, like, you know, there's people that need you and that no one else be able to do what you can do. (laughs) Well, that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that might keep you locked forever. Remember, it's an infinite world. And yes, you bring your light and love and magic to what you do. And that's an amazing thing. And again, I feel like you won't transition on until you've known that you have spread the light to others to fill in your shoes and also bring their very own magic. You know, your wisdom, when we teach others, right, we share what we know, but then we also hand it over to them to do it in their own unique and special way. And that's also another great way of remembering that no man is an island and that, let me get this from the guides, although I liked what they were saying, but my brain, my brain got in the way. It's important to recognize, right, that no man is an island and also that on this world, right, there's a million, millions, infinite number of people that are all here to serve in their own unique and beautiful way. And so it's really important for you to recognize that you contribute what you contribute and that's a beautiful thing. But don't worry, when you walk away, you know, a thousand other people will come in and bring their magic to the equation and that's how it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? That oh, it does. Like I know there are thousands of people waiting in line to do it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's grandiose of us to think that we're the only one who can do it right. And even when that's true, it's, it's simply not. And I know I feel that way sometimes too in my work, right? I want to do it all for everyone, but I recognize I do what I need to do as I choose to do it. 
right? Because it's always a choice and it's, it's way better to be of service when you are choosing and you recognize that you can take it or leave it. And that the first, you know, and most important choice that I make every day, as much as I consciously can is to follow what brings me joy. And when I can be of service through that, those things that bring me joy, then everything else falls into place. And sometimes when we find that we're ready to move on or do things differently because something we've done up until now doesn't bring us joy anymore, we don't have to worry because there's somebody else lining up, you know, ready to take over that role because at their place in their development, that's going to bring them joy. That's what they need. And so don't worry about leveling up because there's many people behind you that will fill in the gaps and, and do things in their own beautiful way. That's how life works. Well, I hope there's something fun coming along though. All right. So I will look at that before we wrap right. up. Ah, you know, it's normal when you come to the end of a cycle. And I think that you're on the end of the cycle in so many ways to feel like, this is the only thing I know how to do. What else is there? One thing that I would say, because I don't feel that you're ready to quit right away. I, I see another few years in your, in your work, but I do feel you're in the phase of winding down. I would love it for you to start to shift the way that you do your job. Start to do it with more joy, more awareness, more lightness, and recognizing that even things that seem like life or death decisions, and I, I feel like there are things that seem like that and may are, yeah. be like that, aren't. They simply aren't. And that the more you carry that weight for other people, the more you're taking away their free will. Even this child in this past lifetime, right? What mattered to him and what mattered to the children that he touched was that he saw the light in them and he gave them their freedom by recognizing that they weren't broken. And that's the biggest thing that you've done over the years with the people that you've worked with. I see it again and again and again. And many, you've helped them find their voice. Even when their voice wasn't heard, sometimes just knowing we have it is enough. Okay. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like when the it. opportunities align for you to effortlessly and easily pave the way to freedom and, and whatever else for people, you will do so. But when it gets icky and wonky and you know, swampy and the energy is not moving. Just remember, I'm only here to do what I can. And I love this and I love what I do. And I love doing with ease and respect and joy. And the respect, my friend is for the deeper process of life of which you are a part, but you are not the author of other people's lifetimes. And that's not your job. Does that make sense? Yes. Cool. And in terms of moving forward, I also feel like something that you're looking for is a little bit more work-life balance and a little bit more of this sense of, I want to show up when I show up, but at the end of the day, I want to put you know the pen down and do more things that bring me joy. And yes. I think up until now, you have been in a mode where you know I your profession, again, doesn't seem to me like a, it's one of those murdery kind of professions where part of the, part of the culture is around, you know, you, you serve until you die kind of deal. <laughs> I would let that go. Okay. <laughs> I would not, you know, and I think that's a great gift that you can go give to the people below you that this is kind of another broken aspect of the system. Nobody should serve until they drop that martyrdom really does not serve any purpose other than another kind of egoic self aggrandizement, right? This way, it's just about aggrandizing this sense of self as I give until I drop. It doesn't serve. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that resonates. 
And so the more you can just identify with that, the better. And just recognize I show up, I do what I do because it brings me joy. And then on the other side, I would really start to pursue and tune into the things that you love. I see that you love the mountains, if I'm reading you correctly. So maybe spending more time in that kind of setting, but really opening yourself up more and more to do things outside of work that bring you joy and really create more space in your life for that. You're asking me about other kind of career possibility things. I would pursue all options that seem fun and exciting, and I would free your mind and we talked about this at the beginning, I would free your mind of the need to figure it all out. I would simply start to make space in your life for more things that are fun, more things that are easy, more things that are exciting, and more things that bring you joy. And eventually they will guide you to transitioning to where you want to go. While at the same time, being aware of how you're going to wrap up your legacy at the old place and how you would like to work differently as you wind down in that space. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And this will make that transition, I think for you, Cindy, much less abrupt and much more easeful. I know that's not a word, but that's the one the guides give me. Easeful. I love it. It's beautiful and it's gentle. And so you will be able to transition magically. And I think that as we talked about at the beginning, some opportunities will rise for you to be of service in ways that you wouldn't have anticipated if you just tried to figure it all out with your mind. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah. Is there anything else before we wrap this one up on this topic that is still hanging out there? No, no. Yeah. I think this is really good. I'm going to see if the guides have anything else to say. All right. I'm just tuning back in. And the last thing I would like you to do on this one is to really just tune into that past life energy to that six-year-old boy, to that 14-year-old boy, And just let them know what a beautiful job that they did in the lifetime that they're in. And also let them come back to you and tell you what a beautiful job that you're doing in this one. And maybe, you know, for the rest of the day, if you have some time, maybe, you know, I see you taking those boys fishing, but I I have a feeling that you're not in a fishing spot right now. (laughs) So maybe in your mind, or maybe just going to some water and imagining that, but maybe having a day with the three of you together to sort of rest and heal and repair and, you know, come to a place in a space of peace and knowing, and remember to that service isn't necessarily walking on anyone else's path or making life easier for others, even though sometimes that is how we are called to serve. But at the deeper level, service is simply about showing up as your best and brightest self and tapping other people on the shoulder and reminding them that that's who they really are too. I like that. Yay. All right. And I'm just going to take a couple seconds now to close and disconnect our energy. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this. (laughs) And um, so thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you for doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. 
I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.